Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are in the week in between Christmas and New Year's. We're on uh, Tuesday. Good morning. Uh, Happy Tuesday. Yeah, uh, it's uh, a great day. Uh, uh, hopefully everyone's enjoying their week. And as we talked yesterday, I uh, hope you're not taking a break, break from God, but Yes. Uh, you actually drive deeper into the opportunity to have discussion, uh, share, uh, have, uh, talk to even about your trouble and stuff you're, you're going through. But seek God, keep seeking God together. Stay in the Word, help each other stay in the Word. And, and we do uh, during our break time, and I know you do as well. Um, we've had a question. We talked about questions uh, to send us. We had a question come in uh, that is really a good question and an interesting enough uh, will reinforce some stuff for us. So, uh, Kathy, I know that you uh, you got that question, so you want to uh, kind of frame it up for us. What What is Excellent. this question? Yeah, so it really started because um, I think like a lot of people, um, churches through the month of December, talking about the coming of Jesus and everything, also tend to reemphasize that there was a period between the Old Testament and the New Testament that they can, they call the 400 years of silence where there was no um, there were no prophets and the question really is okay what is what about that 400 years of silence um, leading up to that you know it was broken with John the Baptist they say but was God why was God silent for 400 years and was there anyone who actually did hear from him what does that silence look like what does that mean yeah yeah so it's a uh, it's a great question um, what what they say a period of silence again our interpretation of silence is is really what when you say a period, there was nothing i yeah you know, i think of quiet nothing. nothing nobody heard anything there it's was like nothing he just shut up it's <laughs> like he just left you know um, right uh, he was absent so when we mm -hmm. think of silence uh, we can appreciate yeah you know like you, you can be with uh with dan and or I could be with Linda, which is pretty rare. I was going to say, I can't imagine yeah. Linda's ever very silent. It's pretty rare, you know, to, have, to be together and actually have silence. Uh, but um, you can imagine, okay, I, I, can, I can picture, um, you know, being silent for, you know, a little bit of time, even an hour or two. Um, I can picture that. But 400 years. With 400 years... It, it looks like appears that he was absent, like he just withdrew uh, and said, well, I would just wait for Christ to come back and my, I'll send my son and I have nothing more to, uh, I'm not going to interact with the world during that time. Right. And they call it a period of silence. Now, what they're referring to when you, when you get into the depth of that is one, uh, is that the uh, writing of logos is what didn't happen during that 400 years right so that um, remember from the time of uh, uh, Moses 
uh, who wrote the first, what's called the first five books of the, of the Bible, the Pentateuch. <clears throat> um, you know, it's Genesis, uh, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, <clears throat> that started with Moses, and that was probably, you know, we're thinking around, you know, 1500, uh, maybe 1800 BC. Right. Um, uh, and then, you know, it goes on into, and by the way, um, we know in Genesis that uh, we knew what happened with Adam and Eve, but we also, he was uh, working active with who? Abraham, uh, yes. for example. Uh, which gave him the covenant, you know. So um, he, Moses describes the the action of God that was way, way, way prior to him writing that down. Uh, so we know by what he wrote, he was active, first of all, with Adam and Eve. He's Adam with his children, their children, uh, ultimately with Noah, uh, then, then Moses, uh, Abraham, so he, so it's a picture that was there scripture being written then? No, but he was active with people that, that is described because we, we have a description of that, uh, by, Mo, okay. by Moses. Uh, okay. So when, when you talk about silent, the silent period, uh, in your mind, just think there is a period of time where there wasn't any more scripture being written. Right. Uh, logos. Um, logos wasn't being written, but it doesn't right. mean that God was silent. Mm -hmm. uh, he was He was active. Um, uh, so... So he wasn't adding to prophecies. He wasn't adding to scriptures. He, you know, he, no more clarification coming in there that wasn't, time. There wasn't any more uh, truth logos. being written of Logos, but there was personal interaction with God. And, and for example, uh, the Catholics um, have, they have part of their Bible. It's called the uh, Apocrypha. Right. And that was actually written during those. During the, it was years, written right? during those 400 years. And they see, they claim it to be part of scripture. Hmm. Uh, so they wouldn't, a Catholic wouldn't say, well, God wasn't silent. He wrote, we had people writing stuff. And it's called the Apocrypha. Uh, hmm. Now in the council, uh, later that that set the canon and the canon is the Old and New Testament that this is right. the books of the Bible 66 books of the Bible um, when they went through it interesting enough and this is kind of funny to me um, you know this is this is uh, through Constantine mm -hmm. who in a sense was developing and setting up the Catholic Church I mean it's really it's really interesting um, because really the Catholic Church is, is, came out of Constantine and then developed the idea of popes and, and all this stuff. Some of it you know, is, doesn't seem to be biblical, but uh, they developed that system. Well, Constantine with the council uh, decided the canons of the, of the Bible and they didn't include the Apocrypha. <laughs> oh, interesting. It came, it, now they're there, you know, they're historical. Right. Uh, yes. And there's a lot of cool writing in it, um, and there's wonderful uh, stuff in it. But because it didn't hold up to the same standard of of inspired by God, they they themselves didn't include that in the uh, canon. Uh, Interesting. But now that would be in the Catholic 
Bible. They would have. Today, they would be. In the, they would be. Uh, you can. You can. Uh, Catholic would say, "I know the. I know the apocrypha." Now, interesting enough. Okay. Um, when they go through their year, in mm-hmm. uh, in Catholics, uh, generally uh, they have they take the year, um, and they do this worldwide. Uh, they have an Old Testament reading and a New Testament reading, sometimes a psalm and a proverb. Um, and they, they take the whole Bible and spread it out over the entire year. By the right. way, because uh, uh, typically uh, Catholics didn't read the Bible because they were, right. being, they were being told by the, by the uh, priests and the pastors, uh, this is the word. And they listened to the word. So they, they weren't ignorant right. of the word. They and just, early they, on, didn't even, weren't even capable of reading. No, but, you know, no. There was, that um, started as a tradition yeah, from people not yeah. being literate. So it, it was, well, well the, church, the church became a little bit more primary than Christ uh, and the Word and, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they basically got their Word from listening to you know, the, the priests right. speak at a church. Well, they did their year, Old Testament, New Testament. Guess what? They didn't include Apocrypha. That's interesting. But they have it, and they refer to it okay. and, and say, yeah, it's good stuff. But even even the Catholic Church kind of said, yeah, it's not really part of the Bible as we define, define the Bible. Okay. But during that 400 years, it has all the stories and the people that were listening, responding, having conversation oh, with God. Mm-hmm. And so God wasn't silent. He mm-hmm. would, he was just saying, I don't, I don't, I'm, I have nothing more to write at the moment. Uh, what I, what I'm going to do is now apply life to you personally, which in a way is where we, where we are. So think, right. of, think about where we are. Um, and, That's a good point. And, and we're going to come back here to, uh, I'm going to illustrate actually out of scripture itself. It's really cool. Uh, but, uh, the last book of the Bible that we have written, Logos, right. was written in 90 AD, Revelation, right. by John. Right. And we're told not to add to it. He said, that's it. Well. This is it. Right. This is it. This is the end of it. Uh, okay, there's no more writing. Okay, this is, by the way, uh, particularly in the modern evangelical church, is, a, in a sense, kind of the big deal, is that they really say you can't hear from God anymore. He's finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why when we talk of the silent period, mm-hmm. is it, was God finished? Interesting enough, that's, oh. that argument stands today. Is that's fascinating. God is finished and he doesn't talk to us anymore. He gave us the Bible and said, this is it, figure it out and go you know, operate on your own. Well, interesting enough in that Bible, <laughs> it tells us, uh, and he speaks to us. That I'm going to speak to you. My, my sheep hear my and voice. And will continue speaking. Uh, yeah. Don't put don't put the Holy Spirit in a corner. Uh, don't let you don't need anybody else to teach you. In John, First John, it says the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Uh, right. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Uh, the signs and wonders will be done by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And and so, is God silent today? No. Did he stop writing logos? He wrote, He stopped in ninety A.D. We don't. We haven't had a, a new logos ever since. Right. But we have God. But speak. he has not been silent. But he hasn't yeah. been silent. And and people would say, well, yeah, I know he's active. Mm-hmm. I'm not denying that. 
So is God in, in, uh, active. Okay, now here's something really cool uh, that I'll just share right out of Scripture. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool story that people, they, they kind of know a little bit about this. They don't, they don't really understand the depth of the beauty of this. So go to, go to Luke. Uh, this is Jesus uh, uh, in verse uh, Luke chapter 2. So it's, just, it's the uh, Christmas story. Okay. All right. And, um, uh, and then this is uh, uh, now, you know, that uh, uh, it says that uh, uh, eight days. So uh, he's been born. Uh, eight days later, they circumcise him. And they, right. gave, and they gave his name Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, Messiah. Okay. Now start in verse 22, uh, Luke 2, 22, and go down to... Um, uh, verse 35. It's an interesting, interesting, a little bit long, but it's worthy of the story. Go 22 to 35. Sure. And when the time came for the purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two, or two young pigeons. Okay, now... Um... You know, this is presenting him uh, at the temple, and we know that this is probably several months later. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not, they, they've circumcised him, but now it's several months later. They, they go from Bethlehem uh, to Jerusalem, which, by the way, today you, could, you can get there in about an hour by car. Uh, so it's, it's only, a, it's literally only, a, you know, a day's walk. Uh, so they go from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, and we know something in between. After Christ was born, who shows up? The wise men. Right. Uh, well, that that was a while. So he's in Bethlehem for quite a while, and guess what? Herod, that they discover, I'm come to worship the king, and Herod says to them, "Great, find him, and then come back and tell me." And come back and let me know. Yeah. Um, and they found him. Uh, worshipped him. Uh, by the way, they give him fr- uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which, by the way, they're going to need for their trip to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. It's and, provision. Uh, it's yeah. provision. So um, the wise men are told, don't do that. Um, he's going to harm him. You, you, you go a different route. And they don't go back. But they know if they, Herod knows they found him. So what does Herod do? Um. I he's, don't remember. Now. He's he's gonna kill. He kills. He kills all the yeah. all the kids. Uh, two years and under. Oh yes, yes. Okay. So I'm go, so I'm going after that. So um, uh, this is between the wise men and that action, uh, mm-hmm. where they basically then say, Joseph and Mary, because right. of what Herod is doing, flee, and go right. to Egypt and leave this place so that. It doesn't. It doesn't impinge on Jesus. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's it's after the birth, after uh, the circumcision, after the wise men, uh, but before Herod goes into killing everybody. Okay, so okay. Uh, so uh, they present him to the, and they're presenting him basically. Think of a dedication. Uh, right. And by the way, this is where, and this is interesting. Um, by by what happened here. Um, and remember, John the Baptist is going to come later and talk about what? Baptism. That's why he's called the Baptist. Uh, and, and baptism was always intended by John to in, institute that to say what? 
when, when baptism was, it was repent. Right. Um, repent and be saved, you know, and, and go through a baptism uh, of water. And, of course, Christ says it's going to be a baptism of the Holy Spirit. But in a true sense, baptism occurs when? In, a, in, a, in the way our, our function is after you've decided to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, which by right. definition, you can't even do that until you become aware, which is at least age probably five, six, seven, eight. Right. And then you, then you would become baptized. And then, and then yeah. as you, as you, uh, you know, become to know Christ as you go to get older, whenever you become to know Christ, and by the way, so baptism doesn't bring salvation. Right. It's, it's a reflection of salvation. Mm-hmm. But so if you're an adult and you said, you know, I just received Christ, so what are you supposed to do? Go get baptized. Go get baptized, right. Okay, well, tradition, they wound up baptizing kids. Mm-hmm. And they attributed, I'm going to baptize them, and I'm, gonna, I'm bringing salvation to that kid by baptizing him. And the answer was, well, that, that's not so. Because in order, in order to be saved, you have to do what? You have to choose that yourself. Yeah, you, actually, have, you, have to, you have to repent, believe, and then you're saved. Uh, so it's not by baptism. So all the baptism of children, it, it isn't saving the children. What it's really doing is what happened here. Dedication. Dedication. Yeah. They're dedicating Jesus to the life of God. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's good uh, to uh, uh, take your children Right, and, and, be de- intentional and, and dedicate yeah. them to the life of absolutely as as babies. We have dedication services, mm-hmm. and for me, see, I don't get hung up on whether you well, yeah, but we're going to baptize. Okay, it's okay, baptize them, but understand, you're dedicating them. You aren't saving right. saving them. That's it. Right. So if you if you want to baptize a baby, that court. that's okay. Yeah. Don't, you know, I don't get hung up on that. It's just do you understand mm-hmm. it? Because the truth is. You're not saving that kid by baptizing him. You're right. just dedicating him. That's what ha- that's what's happening here. They're right. dedicating Jesus to the life of God. Uh, okay, okay, so keep keep going. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so the thoughts of from many hearts may be revealed. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, yeah, now go uh, 36 through 38, which is a continuation of just what I'm trying to show, uh, what, what happened here. So uh, okay. 36 through 38. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. 
And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks and speak to him to all, speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Okay. So um, remember, Jesus was just born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, none of this is written in Logos until when? Until after he has passed, actually, right? Yeah, it's 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 literally A.D. 45, 50, 60, right. 80, you know, so it's 60 years Luke later. Luke comes back and makes a record of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's 40, 50, 60 years later that Logos is even, is even written. Mm-hmm. But by definition, first of all, who, who came as a baby? Jesus, who sang in the right. heavenlies, who, who shepherds who went and worshiped him, who the wise right. men, how did the wise men know? Well, they were told. How did the shepherds right. know? They were told. In other words, was God silent? No. No. There was lots of speaking. Lots of activity. Okay. Now, uh, so he's, he's a few days, you know, a month old, two months old, and he goes into the temple and who does, who's there? Simeon. And what does Simeon say? Simeon says, you'll God has told me that I'm not going to see death until I've seen the Savior, and I'm seeing him today. And, and so then again, you see, okay, God clearly had been speaking. <laughs> Here it is. And, and, and Anna, she mm-hmm. got married, and she's interesting enough. Uh, uh, remember, marriage is at 13, so she said, mm-hmm. basically, I, my husband died at 20. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm six, he's 84. I'm 64 years later in the in the temple processing, worshiping, praying, discussing, and God says, "You're going to see the Messiah." Right. Okay. So He spoke to Simeon. He spoke to Anna when prior yes. to Christ coming. Right. So was he silent? Which is also prior to John the Baptist, because sometimes people will think, "Well, John the Baptist started." Yeah, speaking no. again no. but no that's no. you know no. none of that <laughs> well john the baptist was born how many months before jesus just just six a months. little bit yeah six months he's not speaking right <laughs> right but that is you know that's one of the things you'll hear people say yeah. is that was that was the break the first prophet again yeah you know? yeah and it was you know certainly he he introduced you know and said I've, I've come to prepare the way for the messiah at the time by the way when when christ was ready for his public ministry right um, and, and all we do know, by the way, is at age 12, he said to his parents who lost him in Jerusalem, I must be about what? My father's business. Well, God was active with that, you know, with him. Right. You know? So right. what we're trying to say here is that, um, pre- first of all, the Apocrypha does give um, accurate history of lots and lots and lots of people that were processing, hearing, and understanding uh, God. Uh, now it didn't make it to logos canon, but it was it was historically true. Okay. All right. Now uh, we see that uh, Simeon has been being right. spoken to by God way right. prior and Anna, and Anna yeah. way prior to Christ actually coming mm-hmm. and speaking and saying you're going to see it, and they said, oh my gosh, now I can go home because I got to see what you told me right. I'm going to see. Okay, was God silent? No. No. Not a bit. <laughs> okay. So so when you think when you talk about the silent period, it's just a label that is in a sense, it's really just talking about the writing of scripture. But 
there's other periods of time where prior to Moses, there wasn't any writing of scripture, but was he, was he silent? No, he was pretty active. No, he was still talking, yes. After AD 90. Mm-hmm. And, and, and John writes the last uh, logos. Mm-hmm. Has there been any more logos written? No. No. But there's plenty of rhema out there. <laughs> but there's plenty of rhema because God is still acting, speaking, and communicating, mm-hmm. and working still. So he's not silent. He just isn't writing scripture. He said, there's no more absolute truth that I need to give you. I've given you everything you need to know. Right. Let That's me, a great let me clarification, yeah. though, because I think that is that uh, none of that depth, in my in my experience anyway, you don't hear that depth going on, especially in the month of December. You're They're kind of glossing over, but you'll hear about that 400-year period right. over and over. And then I think that can be confusing to people that yeah. they think he actually was silent. Yeah, before. yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it helps us to define that, that what's the difference between uh, God speaking and logos, which there are there are there were different periods, there were different times right. where that was provided to us. And by the way, interesting enough, it's called the complete counsel of God. So in other words, all of the Bible is absolutely true and it's complete. Everything that right. we have in need and are able to understand God is written down. Now he has to apply that uh, to us right. so that, um, you know, I'll, I'll just give you something real simple. We, you and I deal with, uh, in an age of uh, a computer, mm-hmm. cell, cell phone, uh, texting. Um, does the Bible write about that? No. No. But it, but it speaks to it. So that my question, well... Father, what do I do with margin in my life around this concept of this this instrument that I have with me all the time that everybody can talk to me right. and text to me and communicate with me can any twenty four seven? They wanted to. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. It doesn't say this is the answer to that per se. It's not in logos. What has to happen? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, I'm I'm going to apply truth Mm -hmm. to your situation. And I have to speak rhema to you and have you understand my will in this new interesting time. I don't need to keep writing about it. Actually, I wrote about it already. I wrote the truth about it, but you got to take the truth and apply it. Like, for example, uh, he says, and we, and we read this in John 15, uh, he says, um, I'm the vine, you're the, uh, the father's the vine dresser, you're the branch. What's he going to do with the branch? Prune it. Prune it. Right? What for? Margin. Mm-hmm. You got to have margin. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, you got to have margin in order to produce what? Fruit. You got to have margin in order to have peace. So one of the aspects of stress is, by the way, we're, we're overworked. Right. Why? Well, because of the cell phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Bible doesn't say do this with this technology. It says, let me tell you the truth. And now for you, you Rich, <laughs> for you, Rich, I'm going to show you what that looks like, mm. which, by the way, is different than for Kathy or Dan or right. Linda. Uh, it's truth, but I have, to, applying the truth I have to, to you personally. apply it to you personally. So I'm going to be speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't have to re, re-give any more logos. It's all there. Right. 
but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, there, I'm yes. gonna apply that to your personal life. By the way, what we've been talking about is uh, I got a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and you can say, okay, let's see what God says about it. Well, we've learned a couple things already. What does he say? I'll, I'll solve it. Mm-hmm. You can trust me. Now you gotta walk with me in my kingdom and let me start to give you access to specific answers that you can trust me, I have to now apply, because your your problem is unique. And did I write about it in, in scripture? Yes, but only in a, a essence of truth that has to now be applied, specifically because you're, you're interesting enough, your issue is unique to you and the time you're in. So and, good. And by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna still be active with it. Uh, so um, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful, understanding that mm-hmm. he was <laughs> he wasn't silent uh he wasn't silent then he's not silent now and he won't be silent now and he's not going to be silent now so that that's why it's such a great question because it it really helps us unpack wait okay let me help me understand the difference between logos and rhema and he's going to constantly good. be speaking rhema uh, and by the way uh actually as we look at this aspect of uh uh you know going deeper into it uh, we talked last time about the God of hope uh, and in unity, receive God's wisdom, receive hope. May he give you that hope, give you certainty. Uh, go to uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter um, 5 uh, and read verses 16 to 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 20. Because he's going to okay. uh, tell us now a couple things as we go deeper into this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Yep, so, um, and we remember we learned a little bit about that. Um, In Colossians, uh, he said reconciliation is what? Restoring what? Restoring, yeah. yeah, restoring back to the original, the original. condition. Yeah, yeah. The, those seven exceptional things. So reconciling, that's why he keeps saying here, I'm reconciling the world mm-hmm. back to my life, kingdom life. And he says, right. he says, you know, for you, I don't want you to look at life anymore in the natural. Mm-hmm. He says, don't regard anything or anyone according to the flesh, the natural. Uh, but rather that uh, because, in verse 17, uh, you're walking in Christ, you are what? You're new. You're a new creation. And this old uh, limitation of the natural. Of only the natural. Of only yeah. the natural is past, and you now are becoming new. Because why? You have the heavenly spiritual dimension mm-hmm. that allows you to fulfill and he says therefore um, all things are of God and that and see so he uses these words purposely 
He didn't even say all people are of God. He said all things are of God. It's the stuff of life, your circumstances, Mm -hmm. the very issues you got. uh, Well, that's of God. And he's reconciling us to himself by reconciling the world to himself, which includes us and solving all these problems. And he said, what I want to give you as my new creation is the ministry of what? Of reconciliation. Okay. Um, and it, it has a, a spectrum to it. So if I am going to have a restoration of, of the things of my life back to God's provision and resolution, the first thing I, I, have, I have to understand is what? I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Right. That's the beginning of it. See, evangelicals tend to make that the only thing is, well, just accept Jesus. You get to go to heaven. Now you're, quote, reconciled to him. And um, you're going to live a tough life and it's gonna, you're going to have a lot of failure. But hey, you get to go to heaven. But hey, you've got heaven, right. Uh, no. He, that's why he broadens that definition mm-hmm. that the ministry of reconciliation isn't just relationship. It's the life of God in your, in your world. And I want to give you that ministry of reconciliation to help others get to the same place, which is understand who I am, receive me, become a believer. Yes, Evangel- evangelism is really important because you got to offer it to somebody who's not a believer. <laughs> if, right. they're, if they're an unbeliever, they don't have a more. shot. They don't have a shot. Right. Right. Uh, so we want to keep encouraging, speaking to, inviting people to receive Christ, absolutely, 100%, but take them further. Mm-hmm. carry out the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, now this is cool. If I am going to carry out the ministry of reconciliation, what must be true for me? I have to be experiencing it. I have to be living it out. Mm-hmm. And he says, so I don't want you to regard things any differently or, or naturally. Rather, I want you to be a receiver of reconciliation. Carry out the ministry of reconciliation and let me reconcile What? the stuff of your life that needs reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And remember the word is restore, bring back to restoration. Right. Uh, Bring back to harmony. Uh, So he says, why? Well, because you're a new creation. Mm -hmm. Um, And because you're a new creation, you can be receiver of this so that um, you look at it, and this is what motivates us, is if I can learn this about this issue, for sure what's God going to do? He's going to ask me to do what? Give it to away. To help others, yeah. To you're going to help others, not fix, you're not going to fix their problem. Mm-hmm. That's why our human advice is so weak, is right. that, well, we tell everybody, you should, you should, you should. God says, uh, no, you don't know, I do. Why don't you come and lead them to me, and I'll reconcile with them, and that's the ministry of reconciliation, right. which is the only way you can do it is if you're being reconciled yourself. You're experiencing it, right. You're experiencing it yourself. And he said, so therefore, uh, because you're a new creation um, and, you, and you're going to have this ministry of reconciliation, focus on you first being reconciled, mm-hmm. having that issue resolved. What do you have to say about that? Uh, what's your answer for this? And I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to tell, when I tell others that you can be reconciled, what am I going to tell them? 
you're going to give him a message of hope because you're sharing from your personal experience of what's, what he's done for you. What's that message of hope to them? Who are, who are, and this is what I, he did it for me. He can do it for you. Do what? What can he do? What's he going to do? Reconcile. He's going to he's going to restore your issue. It, he's yeah. going to resolve your issue. See, that's the point. Uh, and that's why I can tell people, and that's how people come. Mm -hmm. I'm in trouble. It's a mess. I'm, it's awful. It's terrible. I'm discouraged. I'm frustrated. I'm struggling. I know. You're in the world. I know. Uh, I guarantee you that God will resolve this. Well, how do you know that? Because I'm receiving that ministry of reconciliation. And I can tell you the same thing. Now, I don't, I don't have the answer, but I know who does. And let's go together and let God do it. And that's the ministry of reconciliation. And the only way I can do it is if I can stand there and say it's absolutely true. If I say, eh, maybe not. Right. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe God's not going to do that for you. You can, eh. yeah. well, that's no hope. You know, it's interesting as you share that I'm, I brought to, you know, I think about the many conversations I've had with people who, um, and I've done this before too, before I really learned how, learned all of this. Yeah. Um, how many times we come and we're talking with friends and we need advice and we're super excited, you know, oh my goodness, I tried this new workout or this new diet and I lost all this weight from it. And we can't wait to tell them that yet we hold back on telling them something like this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think part of that, to be honest with you, is that even as Christians, so many of us have not experienced this. Right. And so we're excited to share what we truly know. But if we truly were experiencing this and stepping into it, once we do, then you kind of you're like you and I we're like we got to get a podcast. More people need to know this, you know, <laughs> more. And you're doing all these retreats all over and, and taking people through. It's like people need to know this. Yes. Once you've seen and experienced something and how it works and changes things, you can't help but tell others about it, That's you right. know, and no longer are you sharing all the time about the next diet craze or the next fitness thing you did. This is where it's at. And yeah. you will take people straight to the truth. That's it. You know? Yeah. And so as we continue this concept of the new, of the new creation um, and reconciliation, go to Ephesians four uh, and read verses 17 through 23. Uh, this is, this is a cool statement. Ephesians four, 17 to 23. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to, pra greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned in Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And read verse 24 too. Sorry, I should have gone there. Um, I don't have that one up. Yeah, and that you put on the new man, which mm -hmm. is created according to God in true righteousness and in holiness. Mm. Uh, so he said, you know, put off the old and put on the new. Uh, so that uh, he's saying here that um, everybody in the world has trouble. That's true. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody, including you, even a believer, right. you've got trouble and so does everybody else. All mm -hmm. right. 
how do the, and the word Gentile there, look at it as unbeliever. Right. How does the unbeliever, he said, don't walk like the unbelievers do. Well, yeah. how, do, how do they walk? That futility of their minds, just trying to figure things out themselves. Try to figure it out and struggle with, and by the way, why there's so much, um, uh, you know, medicine mm -hmm. and counselors and psychiatry, because there's everywhere, every place, people are, in, are difficult with their, with their thinking. Mm -hmm. worry, stress, and anxiety. And it's okay. a normal, natural process because why? Well, we'd like it resolved. I mean, that's a built-in, right. I think that's a built-in thing. I don't know anybody, I, I haven't talked to anybody, whether they're a believer, a carnal Christian, uh, that don't want, I'd like my, pro <laughs> my problem resolved. Right? We want I, I would we like want resolution. Uh, and he said, well, don't walk like them that keeps cogitating, pondering, mm -hmm. oh my, oh my, oh my, it'll never get fixed, I don't know what to do, I'll try, I'll fix it, how about this? Mm -hmm. He said, well, don't walk in the futility of that. And by the way, what happens to them? They said blindness of heart and stubborn. Um, it gets you harder, and this, that's why life has so much anger to it, it has so much hostility to it, it has so much uh, opposition to it is that their mind just keeps getting more and more and more hard toward everything right uh, to where I'm just mad mm -hmm. um, about life because it's not treating me well and interesting enough uh, we think well wealth doesn't wealth solve that it doesn't it doesn't and actually <laughs> and a lot of times it creates actually more because mm -hmm. you got more to be worried about um, and he says but we haven't learned that way but rather that you put off the old man uh, with its uh, uh, corruption, corruption meaning I can't do this on my own, but put on the new man, uh, the new creation, which is what we talked about in Corinthians, Second Corinthians. You have the ability to have a newness in a different way. Why? Okay, now what's the newness? The Holy Spirit. Right. Where is he? He's resident with us. Resident. And, and basically, yes. are you going to surrender your will to, to his leadership mm -hmm. and get, let God resolve it. And the newness is I go that direction. Why? Because I have the newness within me. And right. that's why because he says. Now I have the Holy Spirit and that changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah. And that's why he says don't shunt that off. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't put to death the Holy Spirit. Right. He's the one that's going to lead you to the will of God, which is going to resolve this issue. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have encouragement and hope. He said, don't go the way of the old way. And now he's talking to believers. Right. Yeah, you can go back to that. But, but why don't you live the new way of walking in the spirit and letting God resolve, resolve your issue mm -hmm. and get things resolved to the point where you're excited. And by the way, when that happens, which is back to 2 Corinthians, guess what? You'll be an ambassador for that. And you can't be an ambassador until you actually experience it. Until you experience it, exactly. Um, and that's what we're trying to say is that's why I can say to somebody, I guarantee you, God will resolve this 100%. I don't know how. Uh, I'm not going to predict what it means. Even your business that you have that you'd like resolve, right. that might not make it, but there's something else behind it. Uh, I know God because why? That's what I've experienced. Right. When? All the time. Mm -hmm. Linda and I are still, we talked, Linda talked about her 18 things uh, last week, 
uh, when we shared. And she talked about more coming on now. And more coming <laughs> on. Uh, well, we still have them. See, it's but what are we experiencing? Resolution. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, we know it's going to happen. We put on the new right. man, and let's walk that way. So. Uh, it's really an encouragement, uh, and by the way, it has to get specific. So he's not talking generality here. He said, no, I'll resolve it specifically and show you my will so that you know that you know that you know this is the step to take. This is where you got to be. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to uh, un- uncork this, uh, overcome it, make the crooked places straight. I'll, I'm going to work. You know, show me. So it's it's such a beautiful thing, and we'll continue this uh, as we go forward. But uh, we're kind of in the fine print now of the covenant. Uh, what does that look like? And and uh, so you might have some questions about that. Feel free to send them in, and we'd be happy to uh, answer them. And uh, uh, Kathy, we'll continue this actually tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's a great and, discussion. And go further, and we'll and we'll stay in this uh, aspect of kind of the fine print of the covenant. Is well, what does it really look like uh, for us? Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, send the questions in. Questions at afgministry.com or on YouTube. And uh, we'd love to answer them. And uh, you got something you want to raise up, uh, we'll answer it for you. Excellent. Thanks so much. And thanks for taking the time to go into that question as well for our listeners. I yeah. think that was just a blessing to hear. And I yeah. think encouragement. Yeah, very, us. very so encouraging. That God, God yeah. isn't silent. <laughs> yes. And he won't be. So no. listen. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for joining us, everyone. Have an excellent day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.